0: Ready for another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry.
1: Welcome back to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. We are continuing our conversation now with Rob Ryder who has a very interesting career in voiceover, one you may not have heard of, but he is an announcer at the air shows that may be happening in your area. So let's continue with that conversation now.
0: I think he referred to you as his work wife.
1: Yes, because I probably see him more than he sees (laughs) his actual wife, Vanessa. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, funny. So do you have an air show demo? Is that even something needed? It's probably not because of your relationships.
0: The the answer, the latter is correct. I do not have an air show demo. Um, right. I actually have a scripted open that I do that I could, it's all timed out. It's, it's, but I do it live every time. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and I have that all timed to music. I mean, right to the bar, to the beat, but I do it live and I've got it memorized. And then I have. Uh, as the plane comes over with the with the jumpers who are going to bring in the American flag I have a go to another cut where I I have a piece about the history of the flag if I were to do a narration demo that would go another a new narration demo this thing about the history of the flag and the national anthem mm-hmm. if you want it because it's a minute twenty three and I could cut it down to to make it uh, usable but it's it's the relationships I've I have been fortunate enough to build up a very positive. Um, a positive uh, relationship and reputation in the air show business that it's it's put me pretty much at the top of the heap.
1: So I know that you were involved, you know, because you have your knowledge with aviation, but when, what was, you, when was your first show?
0: It was actually in 1978 when I was working with ham radio operators at an air show in Cincinnati. And the guy wow. who announced on Saturday, at, at uh, I was on TV at the time, so I was a known entity in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. um, for eight years. And the guy who was there on Saturday, a a weatherman from another station didn't show up on Sunday. And I was working as a communicator and they said, Rob, we need you to announce. I said, I don't want to announce. (laughs) And so I announced that. And then I started volunteering at the Dayton air show starting in 79. And then long story short, got my time, got encouraged. I joined the international council of air shows in 1995 and it took another 11 years to build up enough of a reputation where I felt like I could walk away from my other job.
1: Wow. The um, International Council of Air Shows? Yeah,
0: ICAS. Yeah. It's a, it's a trade organization, and we have a convention every year. And i that's where I have my booth where I exhibit and do the, you know. the.
1: You're, <laughs> so if somebody says, say something for me, what do you say? Because you know that always happens for voice talent.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't think, you know, that. I don't know when that's happened. That doesn't happen anymore. Really?
1: Oh, I get because, that. They're because, like, oh, you did this? Say something.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, oh, give me $5 and I'll say something.
0: <laughs> if Pay I me. To, if I were to do it, I would say, ever since men and women have walked on the earth, they've dreamed of flying. They wondered what the birds could see that they could not. Even 500 years ago, artist and inventor Leonardo da Vinci dreamed of flight." and made drawings of a flying machine. But it wasn't until 1903, that two brothers from Dayton, Ohio, Wilbur and Orville Wright, built a powered airplane and overcame gravity and taught the world to fly. Da-dum-bum-bum-bum. And that's what we're gonna do today, New York. We
1: are gonna fly.
0: And it goes from that
1: to that. And people go crazy. It's so can you hear cool
0: them? at a millet, Yes, at a but a military base, especially if the commanding officer and his executive or her executive officer are there and other people for there, and they've not heard that, they stand there and they go, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and that's an invitation back if it's a new show.
1: Seriously, wow!
0: But that's so that's, that's like, the opening. You know, I write some of this stuff so it can be so. Have
1: can, you not? Have you not done documentaries? I've done a few. You have okay because as I was say, that's completely perfect for documentary.
0: Yeah, I, I the the biggest documentary I did was actually for the uh, governor of Illinois and the uh, Department of uh, Developmental Disabilities, and it was about the Hadamar Clinic that Hitler set up in Germany to begin exterminating those who were not oh. perfect, mm-hmm. and so. Uh,
1: but do you pitch yourself as a documentary announcer, or is that not on I, your radar? It's
0: on my radar if I can get it, but I haven't pitched because I've got – at this point, I've got to time things. I'm going to retire from air show announcing after the 24, 2024 season.
1: Oh, wow. And so
0: I'm, I'm in this sort of thing where the audio books are coming up, and right now yeah. it's like, how can I get them all done at the same time? Because gotcha. I'm up on a four straight week run coming up, oh wow! And and I've got to be very careful of my voice during that time. And I've mm-hmm. got fifty after we finish. I've got to do the last fifty pages of a book today for for a publisher, and it's a union job, and you know,
1: right? I got to get gotta. it done. Mm-hmm. So. so, are you just you? You've done your time with air shows?
0: Yeah, I've I've. At my age, my wife—I'm still real healthy—and my wife wants to travel more. Gotcha. Um, and Just i took to the air shows.
1: <laughs> I guess that's not gonna <laughs> no, fly. She, Get no, it flying? She's, she's,
0: yeah, right. Well, I've, <laughs> I've got a pilot's license. The two of us own an airplane, a small, small airplane. Oh, so
1: you can. Yeah, so I, yeah
0: I flew up to New York.
1: Oh, that's nice. Know, so
0: I fly for business. Uh, my wife got a private pilot's license. But she enjoyed – there's a show I have coming up in Duluth, Minnesota, sponsored by Cirrus Aircraft, and that's uh-huh. the airplane with the parachute. Oh, okay. And this is – and they put me in the left seat of the jet. So I'm flying it. I know how to fly the jet. Wow. Now, I'm not cleared to solo in it, but yeah. the the equipment in it is similar enough to the equipment that's in Jill's in my airplane that it's 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 really pretty – Pretty easy to fly and handle. So um, she'll be on that trip, flying (laughs) (laughs) in. Better than first class, honey.
1: Fancy, fancy. (laughs) So you're in Ohio now? Yeah,
0: Cincinnati. Just outside of Cincinnati.
1: You're in Cincinnati. Okay. Gotcha. And so obviously you house your plane in some facility.
0: Yep. 30 minutes from here.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah. Claremont County Airport.
1: One of my good friends, he, oh, you probably heard him on the podcast, Brian Lee. Yeah. He's a pilot. Mm-hmm. And he has a plane and he uses it to basically go from Fort Myers up to his parents in Ocala. He goes up to his house in South Carolina, you know. Um, it's very convenient. He's taken me out in it a few times and it's scary as I'll get out as far as I'm concerned, but <laughs> good for you guys. And I'm glad you guys do it because it's something that would definitely not be <laughs> comfortable for me.
0: Well, um, I think you probably would develop a, a an understanding of it and appreciation for it uh, the more you were to do it. Uh, it. In getting there, when I when we think when I think of what it was to drive from our home through New York, do the cross Bronx, you know, uh, all the way out to Long Island, I know. And get stuck in in Manhattan going through all the never-ending construction that's in there when you get to the east side. Yep. It's awful. Um, or get stuck on the cross-bronx for 45 minutes to be able to be in an airplane and fly over it and say Yeah. See ya.
1: <laughs> See ya. Yeah. <laughs> so you fly into Republic?
0: Yep, I do. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And gotcha. Uh, it stay we stay right there near the airport and it's just and the New York show as long as I've done it, it has become such a neat thing. The family at the Jones Beach, uh, that the State Parks and and Bethpage Federal Credit Union are just such good folks. We just really we 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 handshake on contracts that we finally they say, hey, listen, it's 60 days out. Would you please send us a contract? (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: well, it's that kind of relationship that you have that you've built. But do you think you're going to miss it?
0: Um, the answer is yes and no. I mean, I've gotten to do some really cool things. I, in yeah. the pandemic, was I listening to you talking about being nervous? with? I mean, uh, being nervous with, on some sort of a live announce job or whatever.
1: Yes, yeah. live announce would always make me nervous. Yeah.
0: I think that was one of your recent uh, episodes. But I got to do the salute to America flyover at the White House on July 4th, 2020.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Now I got hired for this and I they gave me a script and I looked at it and I said, okay, number one, I gotta rewrite a lot of this because someone was just Air Force fact sheets and Navy fact sheets, which were really dry. Number two, I said, and the, and the people from the White House office of the uh, uh, military office, They understood that when you do a flyover of 50 airplanes or something like that, timing will change a little bit. So I said, you got to understand that I got to ad lib. I will probably have to ad lib. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, we trust you. And then at the rehearsal, uh, the night before, they didn't do an actual flyover. They just did a cue to cue with this producer, a lady producer sitting next to me. And when I started the thing, I clicked on it. I was given 34 minutes. I was done in 29 minutes and 59 seconds. And the Ah. producer got PO'd at me because I didn't do the right time. I said, ma'am, I I can't, there's no airplanes here. I don't know what's happening. Well, it got even worse the night of the show on the 4th because the TV people didn't know a fighter from a bomber and they were putting the wrong thing on the big screens and over the (sighs) World Wide Web. And so I had to change and I had to flip around and ad lib even more. Oh, my goodness. And it ended up being pretty darn good. I did at one point. I listened to the playback. And when I talked about the dropping of the the atomic bomb on Hiroshima on August 6th, nineteen. 45, I say a, I said a B-29 bomber on August 6th, 1929, instead of 45. <laughs> but I was... And were
1: you nervous? No. Were you nervous? No. I guess because all of your years of doing live anyway, yeah, right? It so was, this was like...
0: I mean, the president is there. The first lady is there. The, uh, all sorts of dignitaries are there. And it was... I would
1: be freaking out.
0: <laughs> it didn't have time.
1: Mm-mm. I mean, I know when I go into live and when being in radio, it's almost like you turn on a mode and then the world shuts out and you go into this focus mode. And it's almost like all those muscle, the muscle memory comes back. Um, yeah. Your brain goes to places that it needs to go, especially when oh, you have to do like remote oh events. boy,
0: does it? Yes, I find myself every once in a while, I'll say something at a show. I say, and I'm thinking, where did that come from? You know, it's something I worded differently than I've ever worded it before. And it just, it just happens. So yeah, you're in the, you're in the zone, right, Linda?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just your, your years of experience. I mean, it doesn't stop me from being nervous initially, but then once I'm on, I'm on, you know, it's like, and you can't make mistakes. You can't, you know, so you're, the pressure is definitely on, but it makes you, I I personally, I kind of wish that uh, more folks had to experience that. Because um, I think it's great for sessions.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. To to because if if you can control the energy and not let it throw your voice up, mm-hmm. you know,
1: right? Because if you're upset about something, or if somebody just made you angry, or you know, you, I don't know, you just you're not feeling well. I've done shows where I've been sick, you know, and you just that mic turns on, you act like mm-hmm. everything's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then turn off the mic and throw up in the trash can. Um, but nobody knows that. They know it now. But um, yeah, it's that oh, that, my. that mode. So that's probably where you're. But my guy, if somebody presented that to me, I'd be like, Yeah, I can't. I'm, I can't do this.
0: But but the things that you can do, uh, nobody can take away from you and so that's i think that's why the people at the white house approached me because they knew of my reputation they knew i could talk about things that had to be talked about and those who were controlling it understood that i would be able to cover in case something didn't happen as as uh uh as planned i've done the two arsenal of democracy flyovers over the Capitol too and and on the first one the president of the international council of air shows john Cuttahy, who had written the script He's listening. There's a guy here on talking to air traffic control, over here, talking to the folks on air traffic control. He's telling John what's coming up. John is literally taking a Sharpie and going like this, flipping a page and pointing that and saying, now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: So, but
1: it's... You're used to it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... You're used and, to it. And, and the other thing is, and I almost hesitate to bring this up, but I think... That there are some voice actors who get a very, very overinflated self image.
1: Mm. And yes,
0: you remember Cliff Robertson, the actor? Yes, played Charlie in, in Letters for uh, uh, Flowers for Algernon, and the movie Charlie won an Academy Award mm-hmm. back years ago. He was in Spider Man as Spider Man's uncle. and he he was a pilot he came to the first international council of air shows um convention i ever attended and he said stood up in front of everybody said you guys are the genuine article Hmm. he said actors are people who read other make their livings make their livings reading other people's words pretending to be somebody they're not
1: Mm -hmm. pretending
0: to do on screen they could never do in real life you guys are the genuine article
1: oh wow. wow
0: And the other thing is, the business that I come from, if somebody screws up, they die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In voice business, punch and roll. Yep. Or click. yep. And that, I just wish that those who get this this self-image of how important narrators and voice artists are and actors are would remember that sometimes they're they're no more important than a plumber a plumber is in i had a musicology prof say it, a plumber and a musician both are important neither is more mm-hmm. important than the other it's true so I, mean.
1: I think that's just what happens somebody goes on a lucky run sometimes and they decide then that they're going to think that it's going to last forever um and that's <laughs> just How it is that, you know, you might, I always say my first, and I've said this many times on the podcast, my first voiceover coach, Connie Zimit, maybe she rests in peace. She would always say there are four stages to an actor's life and a voice actor's life. And it would be, who is Linda Bruno? Get me Linda Bruno. Get me someone that sounds like Linda Bruno. Who is Linda Bruno? Oh, man. Yeah. And so we all go.
0: That's scary.
1: I know, but it's it's just true. And even agents have said to me, because there was at one point in time when I was booking everything, I was booking promos, I was booking uh, documentaries, I was all over the place. And my agents would say, yeah, there's just times when we have talent and they will go through a hot streak and it'll last, you know, whatever, a year, six months, nine months, and then it, it moves on. So people that go through this hot streak sometimes think, this is it. I can, I'm just going to buy a house and I'm going to, you know, spend all this money. Uh, And And it's (laughs) it's too humbling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because nothing lasts forever. It just doesn't.
0: Say say that again. Who is?
1: So who is, who is Rob (laughs) Ryder? Get me Rob Ryder.
0: Get me somebody. Um,
1: Sounds like Rob Ryder. And then who is Rob Rob. Ryder?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing in terms of cutting back on the shows, I'm only doing 14 this year, 12 next year. And that's Okay. Uh, But Johnny Carson did it right. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy in Cincinnati who was a beloved newsman who, after he retired, never showed up on the air again. And he he was inducted into a short lived Cincinnati Broadcasting Hall of Fame thing. And somebody asked him. in a smaller gathering, not on stage, Peter, why didn't you come back? He said, because I wanted him to say, why didn't Peter Grant come back instead of why did he?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And if I get out on top, I'll be forgotten pretty quickly. We all are, right? Once once we walk away, we're forgotten. But at least nobody's going to say, oh, Ryder stayed around too long.
1: Right. I know. Oh, that's the worst. That's yeah, the it worst. is the
0: worst. Oh, gosh, Linda. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting I, I, coached here. This is good.
1: I think about that with bands. I'm like, OK, Aerosmith, can we just wrap it up? I mean, let's let's just or um, the Rolling Stones. You've had so much success for all these decades. Maybe it's time to just gracefully leave. I don't know.
0: I'll tell you what. I just closed a book deal with an author who wrote a book about a folk music group called the Chad Mitchell Trio from the 60s. Um, And Mm -hmm. Chad Mitchell was the leader of the group. When he left the group, he was replaced by a young man named Henry John Dutchendorf, John Denver. Oh, wow. And that was his start. And part of this book talked about how tragic John Denver's career was, that he worked so hard. He was the most famous entertainer on the planet for several yeah. years. And yeah. then when it was over, he couldn't scare up a hit, and it affected him, and he mm. became really kind of a tragic guy. Yeah, And 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 when I read the book, I thought, oh, man, I, I mean, I, I was his intermission act once. I, I knew him, but not really well. And mm-hmm. before he was a star, he let me sing one of his trademark songs. But that was on his way up, and he was amazing. And Yeah. But then when it was over, it was not the same guy.
1: That's the thing, to be able to handle it when you're not on top of the world. Yeah. You know, and it's in any business, but especially <clears throat> mental health-wise for voice actors. I, If you can look at it as a long game and just say, okay, I'm going to just keep trudging on my journey if I have a few good years fantastic I'm going to do what I can um, help other people buy a house whatever I'm going to do but otherwise you have to appreciate all of it and you just have to think it's okay if I'm not working as much as I was and that's a tough thing to wrap your head around some of us you know I
0: think for I think that's for everybody I mean when 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 I was still chasing the air show business before I went full time at it I thought I was standing in the booth at the convention and people walking right by me. And I said, Is this ever really going to happen for me? Hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. I, it took me 11 years after I joined the association and started as an exhibitor before I could, before I had enough going that I could jump off and go full time. Wow. And I've made it last for 17, 18 years. And it's been great. But I need to understand that back and down is going to be what's going to be happening to me. And I may end up just doing the sporties thing and the podcast that I do. And who knows? But
1: Yeah. So what's your podcast?
0: My podcast is called I Learned About Flying From That.
1: Oh, it's great it's
0: stories and it's flying magazine they've been around for 97 years 3 years ago last month came to me and said would you be interested in doing a podcast based on our most widely read column i said yeah i read it all the time so we put it together i came up with a format i i even paid a guy to write music for me
1: for it. nice so, uh huh
0: And we, uh, it's about pilots who have gotten into dicey situations and lived to tell about it. And the lessons they've learned, they share. And over the course of the years that this has been in Flying Magazine as a printed column, they would get notes from pilots who had read the columns, learned the lessons, got into similar situations, and it saved their lives.
1: Wow. How powerful.
0: Yeah. So I've got... Uh, the the podcast is sponsored via Vemco Aviation Insurance, so there's money behind it, so nice. I get paid. And yet it's missional because I can help people out by letting people share their stories. And rather than just 800 words, we take a half an hour.
1: Wow, that's great.
0: So we got so 405,000 gonna... downloads since wow. December, middle of December of 2020.
1: That's fantastic.
0: I'm very pleased.
1: You have such an audience. So okay, so the po- podcast will continue. You'll continue audiobooks? Oh yeah. Yeah, and you're going to continue e-learning and whatever
0: else I can scare up. I'm not going to let it I what it... I've also heard you talk about work-life balance, have I not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to I mean, for me, I know when I started out, <clears throat> I would be working these crazy hours, 7 days a week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but then you get to a point where you're like, I need to have a life too. And you need to close the door of the studio and leave and go be with family, you know, go outside, take a walk, <laughs> do something that has nothing to do with the business. Right.
0: Jill and I, I, I ended up being down here until seven o'clock last night. We came up, we had dinner outside. We had, we had, uh, Campari tomatoes, fresh mm. mozzarella, fresh basil.
1: Oh, with delicious
0: with the garlic uh, vinaigrette dressing and uh that was our that was our dinner and then we we ended up watching an an episode of NCIS and then we went out for a walk. We did go <laughs> out for nice. a walk. Very so, yeah. nice. That's
1: good family time right there. That's yeah. that's quality time. Okay, so you're really just uh, you're just going to retire from the air show stuff.
0: Yeah. And that will right. that will take some of the pressure off and you know, we've been careful with our money so we're not going to hurt I don't I could. I'll be able to take day trips in the airplane up to Chicago and visit daughter, and Jill visit her daughter, and so anyway.
1: Very nice. Yeah, Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah.
0: Well, well hey, um, I'm so glad that you you are bringing what you have learned
1: hmm.
0: to to the people who are interested in the business, who are learning from the business, who may be getting. I don't know. From what I've heard from you, it's pretty what you're given is pretty pragmatic stuff. And that's, and when you talk about hustling and relationships and dependability, those are, those are, those are things that can't be ignored. Right. Uh, you know, and there's, there's people out there who will say you can make money right away. Well, maybe, but it's not a short term, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint for crying
1: out loud. Yeah, and that's the the main, the whole reason why I really actually started coaching so much was because I was getting people very disappointed in the voiceover schools they were attending. And they were mm-hmm. spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Right now, what we have is we have people out there bragging about stuff. It's very hard to prove if they even did it. <clears throat> you know, with everything can be mocked, mocked up. Um, and they're taking people for thousands of dollars with demos. And these people are just like, Oh my gosh, it's so glamorous because I see this person spending this much and on a plane, and they're you know traveling, and they have a house here and a house there, and I'm here to tell you that that's not reality. This is whatever this person and people, it's several people, are portraying. I just I don't feel that it's a good representation of what it takes to be successful in this business.
0: Yeah, it's it's difficult for the one percenters to understand what the beginner even even though they went through it themselves uh of course they may have some of those one percenters may have gone through it at a time when it wasn't so crowded because it's crowded as can be now
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know i just don't want people to come in with a false sense of that false sense of hope i'd rather you be able to See it for what it is, and then make that decision if it's worth it to commit the amount of time that it does take to become a good voice talent and to build a business. You know, it's just that's what I, the majority of people that come through here are very just, um, you know, they, they think animation. They think, I want to be the voice in a cartoon and, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you, you're, you don't realize uh, how a how difficult that is b how important la is um, and c how the majority of money that you make in voiceover is actually in the other voiceover genres so it's that iceberg you know. thing isn't it yeah, and they go ooh, animation. And meanwhile, underneath
0: is you is know. an ever expanding yet yep. threatened, existentially threatened part of the business because of uh, voice synthesis or mm-hmm. call it AI, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but 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 all that stuff that's underneath, that's underneath the water that that is making people very very significant livings.
1: Yes, you know. Yes,
0: <laughs> but it's anonymous. You know, you got to live with the anonymity, right?
1: Well, the majority of the people that are actually making the really, really good money, you don't really hear from them. <clears throat> They're busy working and making their money, you know, and uh, they don't they don't have to brag about it. They don't have to post on social media every job that they do. It's uh, a, a quiet confidence that comes from being successful. What? But no, I try to keep everything based in reality. And I talk about rough times. I talk about when I'm not making money. I talk about the stress. Um Actually, I actually have a therapist coming on the podcast after yours to, to discuss how to handle for actors. Oh my god! Mental health issues, yeah, because it is so prevalent with the amount of rejection that we face. You know, oh. and and this is such a vulnerable business because you are putting your heart and soul out with your voice, um, and to get rejected is even that much more painful.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. And let me ask you this, Linda. Then, with the number of people who come to you for, I would say, coaching would be would whether mm-hmm. it be vocal coaching or business coaching, uh, what what percentage of the people do you ever have to tell that I don't think
1: you got it? I would say there's about <clears throat> people come in for an assessment. I offer a free assessment here at the studio. Wow! And. I have them read something for me and I will give them an honest, I'll tell them you have diction issues. You should focus on that first. Your accent, especially on Long Island, is very regional and that's going to limit you tremendously. You need to be prepared to work on that. And also the biggest one is you need to go take some acting classes because if someone doesn't have any kind of background in that or they're just not generally loose with, you know, lower their inhibitions um, in front of other people, then you really now, especially with AI, we have to be great actors. We have to d- differentiate ourselves and connect with the listener now more than ever.
0: Oh boy, yeah, that's, you know that's for sure. The A we got to remember is artificial, and if right. we can present something that pre- that that communicates our soul or the the soul of the intent of the author of whatever words they are, that'll make mm-hmm. a big big difference.
1: Yeah. And that should be the focus. So I'm i am I'm very honest with people. Um, and then I'll just say, I think you should go do these things first and then come back. Or if I get a vibe from someone that they're really not... One guy came in and he told me that he doesn't like reading. And then I'm like, well, we're voice actors and the majority of what we do is reading.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So yeah, I just said, yeah, this is not going to be for you. Uh, but definitely, i the last thing I want to do is work with someone who doesn't want to be here doesn't have the right frame of mind you know it, that's not that's not jo- enjoyable for me it has to be someone else who's also passionate and wants to put in the work
0: oh yeah and you know and putting in the work is is well why do 20 eighty percent of the businesses fail in the first two to five years or something
1: mm-hmm you gotta put in the sweat equity, as they say, the sweat equity, right? <laughs>
0: and the sweat equity in voiceover is really compared to when I had my sound company, I was loading trucks. I had I had for real sweat equity. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was loading cabinets into trucks. A younger man, obviously, but uh but it's it's not but but the what it does to the the your internal the, the internal mindset you know you just have to develop a different kind of mindset to be successful in any business but particularly one where as you say your soul is being exposed
1: yeah you have to have that tough skin and that's that's the but you got to put your feet to the fire to develop that tough skin right
0: absolutely but it's worth it i, think I remember it's worth my,
1: it. my first uh on-air shift up here on long island i moved up from new york <clears throat> and my first shift, my boss says to me, okay, we're doing, I think it was 4th of July, and he goes, we're doing a live remote from maybe Jones Beach or something. We're going to be calling in three times an hour. You're also going to be playing, you know, here's your playlist, da da, 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 da. and you're going to be taking calls and taking requests for songs, too. And I'm looking at him, <gasps> and I'm like, what? what? You know, I said, it's my first shift. And he looks at me, and he says, Linda, I believe you will either sink or swim. He says, and I believe in you, and you will you will swim. And lo and behold, man, I went, but I took it in five minute increments. I was like, okay, what do I need to do for the next five minutes? What needs to be in place? Because that's how I handled it. But there you go. You got to be thrown in sometimes. Um, and that's what happens with voiceover. You got to be thrown into those difficult sessions.
0: Very cool.
1: Make you a better a better performer, uh, you know, overall.
0: Yeah, it does. Handling the things when they go wrong is uh, more <laughs> important than handling when handling them when they go right.
1: Well, quickly before we wrap up, so has anything ever gone wrong at an air show? Yeah, yeah.
0: I've I've been the announcer at seven shows where there've been fatalities.
1: Oh my god.
0: Um, one of whom, actually, my first wife passed away in 07. I didn't remarry till 2012, but in, in the meantime, uh, I dated a lady who I watched get killed in an air show.
1: Oh my god! With her oh, fiance. So
0: standing next to me and so um,
1: she was a pilot she or? was
0: a wing walker
1: wing walker she
0: was at, on the side of a wing and the pilot got too slow and he crashed and she crashed and was killed and he was killed as well that's oh my goodness so at that point you know that's when that's when the compartmentalization kicks in yeah i've got six things to say right away. I have I go from being announcer and entertainer to being dad. I begin. Wow. I get very I, I say, ladies and gentlemen, obviously something has occurred that we hadn't planned on. Here's what I need you to do. And then I go through those things. But um including wow. parents turn your kids away from the scene.
1: Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, yeah I need to think about that stuff. That is a tough, tough thing for you to deal with.
0: Which which again Points up to me that what we do in the booth is so correctable.
1: Mm, mm-hmm, right, exactly.
0: It's not. We don't do life and death. Right. You know, there are a few stuntmen in the in the movie business who do life and death.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Tom Cruise has done some pretty amazing stunts himself.
1: Yes, he does. Yeah, some of
0: which are probably life and death. Uh, but, and there are others who have done their own stunts, but. Typically it's not it's there's always back to one or take two or click or punch and
1: roll. Right. But not in that situation. No. Wow. So well, okay. I didn't want to end on a bad note.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well let's not let's not do that because a sad note. (laughs) For for those who have lost their lives, so many more millions have been entertained in a way that that aviation sparks in some of those people the the highest loftiest and most exceptional and exciting goals ever, and I've and I know of pilots who are flying with the Air Force Thunderbirds and Blue Angels who went to an air show and got inspired.
1: That's a great way to turn it. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Linda. It was. This has been a
1: wow. So much fun. I know. I know. Where did where did the time go? <laughs> do you have a website? People can hear you? I mean, what um, you do? RobRiderVoice.com. You know? So it's R E I D E R. Yeah, Rob Ryder uh, Voice. Rob Writer, And I'm also going to post it in the show notes too, so you can check out his website and cool. uh all that good stuff. But thank you so much for joining me today. This is fantastic. I love learning about all this.
0: And and thank you. I am so so honored to be part of your broadcast, your podcast when i again when i walked into the room and i saw (laughs) voiceover gurus i said you gotta be kidding me
1: (laughs) that's awesome that you were listening to it
0: yeah so yeah
1: oh that's great
0: thanks so very very much
1: (laughs) thank you so that wraps up another episode of the voiceover gurus podcast and we will see you all real soon have a great day
0: Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Guru's podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.